Thank you so much for joining in to today's podcast from Caleb Perkins Ministry. We pray that today's podcast will be uplifting and encouraging in your walk with the Lord. Now here's today's podcast. What's going on, everybody? Got me and Sir Trenton of Gill in the studio today. It is I. I brought a Bible today. He brought his Bible. (laughs) Most people listening probably don't know this, but I'm always on my phone hoping that the internet service works, and it never does for me. Yeah, it doesn't really work down here downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't go through it. He's sitting there just like staring at me, and I'm like, what? I can't pull it up. Like, well, I, I have a book. The real Never deal. Never needs uploaded. Oh, man, too funny. So today, uh, me and Trenton, we want to discuss talking about um, humanizing God or dehumanizing God in a positive light. So the thought of this is is that there are a lot of people that try to uh, assume when they hear English words being spoken about descriptions of God that they try to relate them to something that they have experience with. Mm. In an example, you know, the Lord is often called a father, a heavenly father. Well, a lot of people will equate their earthly father towards the heavenly father. Ooh, and not a lot of people have good experiences with daddy. So that gives them a negative connotation of their view or their perspective towards God. So we want to kind of unpack and, I guess, unravel some of that mess that there may be a lot who are listening to this, that you've grown up and you've had a view of God in a certain manner or light, and it is something that you are you are struggling with or you're working through to try to understand that God is not like an, an earthly father. He is not like us. He's not like us, right? Though we are made, yes, in the image of God, we are made in His likeness, Right, his ways are above our ways. His knowledge is above our knowledge. He is eternal, almighty, all powerful, and we are humans with three pound brains. So, there's there's that <laughs> a there. three pound brain, and we don't use even all of it. <laughs> That's just science. You can Google it, right? Oh, What's the wasted good? potential. You could just Google. You could Google your brain. <laughs> How much of my brain do I use? Oh my goodness. <laughs> What is the squishy part that yeah. doesn't work that I can <laughs> what does hit? It do? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Or as my dad used to say, what is your major malfunction? Yeah. What part is malfunctioning mm-hmm. over there? Yeah. Hey, work better. <laughs> <laughs> I did see speaking of brain, right? Uh I did I did see this uh, one person talking to an apologist and they were saying, "Well, where's your evidence of God because I can't see him?" And they said, "Well, where is the evidence of your brain because I can't see it?" <laughs> and I was like, "Well, maybe that's a good point. I don't know." <laughs> Oh, that's that's too funny. Yeah. So, yeah, God's ways are higher than our ways. And uh, when you think about God, especially in that uh, Heavenly Father kind of attribute or aspect, you really have to undo some of, say, personal trauma that you have towards your own earthly father and not put those things on God, because that's what we try to do, right? We try to always use our uh, the things that we've experienced to try to explain something that we're trying to learn even more knowledge on. So when we try to talk about an almighty, eternal God, and then in Scripture he's referred to as a father, it's like, oh, father. So then you instantly go in your head, 
however you were raised or trained on how your father treated you, and you're like, oh, so that's what he's going to do, yeah. is these types of things. And uh, and that may be good or bad. I know some people that have had phenomenal uh, experiences with their own earthly father, so their kind of view on God is like, oh, he's loving and forgiving, and he's merciful and just, and he's done this. And I'm like, wow, you had a Superman of a dad. Like, <laughs> Good job, you know? Uh, but then you get uh, others who have had negative experiences with their father, say abandoned, maybe they experienced divorce or abuse or trauma, um, untrustworthy, um, you know, and so then you start a- attaching those attributes towards God, which is actually anti his character, yeah. right? Because God is not, God is trustworthy, God is holy, he is just, he is righteous, right? And so when we try to say, well, he's abusive, he's neglectful, he's you know, uh, he's an abandoner, he just abandons people and does stuff like that, and it's like, wait, but in the scriptures it says that he'll never leave me nor forsake me, yeah. right? So then you have to always go back to the word and do that. And by father, it means, um, you know, and, and I, I do want to highlight this, that as in God being representative of the father through scripture— it means him being the generator of life towards all of us, right? He is the father, right? So you see that whole, um, you know, uh, progeny kind of illustration that the life that we get and that we uh, are using is given through the father. Yeah, a lot of people project their emotions and their false beliefs onto God. It's unfortunate, and it, it does lead a lot of people astray. Yeah. Well, and I think when you think about false beliefs, the issue with them is really that if you've believed it for such a long time, it becomes true to you. Yeah. Right? Though it's not an absolute truth, it is your own truth. And that is where, that's like the generation we're in right now, right? They take on and accept their own belief, their own values, their own norms, and they accept that as truth. Yeah, and in their own mind, that is true to them, and you know, it's like, well, whatever you say, well, that doesn't matter, and it's like that's irrelevant, and it's like actually, it's very relevant because you have to see a larger, broader picture of something. So just because you believe something to be true doesn't mean that it actually is true. And if you believe a lie for such a long time, you're even convinced of your own lie. Yeah. Well, even. Man, even believers of God have succumbed to this. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, they might say, well, he is the God of wrath, and uh, he will smite you. He will strike you down. He's no-nonsense character. Right. Um, If anything's out of order, he's going to punish you for it, and he's waiting for it. He sets you up for failure. But, like, an example of, like, where this can even be misunderstood. So, for example, God's wrath uh, was set against the Canaanites, right? Mm. Yeah. But it is written, if you actually read the scriptures, he actually gave them about 400 years to repent. Yeah, that's a good minute. That's a long time. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, several generations. I don't know what father would wait 400 years. Yeah, 400 years. years. I mean, that's that's pretty patient. Wouldn't you put that in the patient <laughs> I'd category? i put that in the patient category. <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah. It wasn't like, hey, t- I need you to take out the trash five minutes later. Why didn't you take out the trash? All right, I'm crushing you, right? He's yeah. like, I'm going to give you about 400 years. <laughs> that's, that's a hot minute. 
Yeah. And when you think of, when when you were talking about that uh you know the the perspective of that and maybe that wrath the like the wrath of god perspective came from that father image that they had of their own father that was like oh man when you fail he's just going to beat you you know and that's that's what you deserve and you deserve a just beating for your neglectful actions and that's how a lot of people view uh view god really i mean um we were talking earlier before we started the uh the sinners in the hands of an angry God and kind of how, you know, uh, the the whole portrayal is that uh, God is angry and he has this wrath that is against humanity and mankind and he's going to throw you into hell and that they highlight the fear, the hell, and the anger. And it's like, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. That is not, that is not any of the attributes that we get from God, right? And in the center in the hands of an angry God, uh, they use the illustration of us being a spider in God's hands and him just sitting there and, you know, we're just that we've offended him and that he's just to throw us into uh, hell's eternal flames. And, you know, I'm like, man, that that, that might have been good for the 1700s. Uh, I don't know. But uh, definitely would have probably got you more into fire insurance than it would getting into a relationship with God. Like yeah. why are you why are you following Christ? Well, I don't want to burn in hell forever. Well, why? You know what I mean? I mean that's a terrible reason to be a Christian. Yeah, like I, mean, I just don't want to go to hell and burn for eternity. Like the preacher preached for three hours on how hot hell's flames were, and I'm like, but he didn't tell you about the goodness of God and His love or His mercy or His just. Like that's a terrible reason to be in a relationship, dude. Yeah, so sometimes we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Like, we don't need to be a spider. We can be the lamb yeah. that God yeah. said we were. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be a spider? All spidery like. I mean, just the thought of it. He's stuff. like, it's like I, creepy. Yeah. I created you to be the spider, but, right. if, but if you weave that web, then yeah, I'm going to crush gonna... you. <laughs> I'm going to crush you. I've just been waiting to crush you. Actually, I preordained you to be crushed into hell's flames. Good. Like, I Not. made you to burn for eternity. And that, 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 you're welcome. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Be like, okay, so while you're yet a sinner, Christ died for you. However, he created some that would already be uh, preordained to burn in hell. So did he really die for those ones who were still sinning? Mm. Like, well, that's a good transition there. For I mean, like, come on. Uh, <laughs> humanizing God or whatever. So, well, if Jesus is the image and, like, perfect reflection of God in the flesh, most people would say, well, I mean, why can't we humanize God with Jesus? Right. Well, but the thing is, is you got to also recognize that Jesus was fully human and fully divine. Yeah. So in the same instance, it's like, listen— a fully human individual is not going to sacrifice themselves for mankind or humanity, nor why would they care, right? It's all about self-preservation. But it was the divinity in Jesus that showed that love and that compassion that overrode the flesh to and the desire of life, right? We're supposed to overcome the pride of life, lust of the flesh, and... Press into those things that is what that agapeo love that that sacrificial love. Yeah, and dude, that's not being a spider in his hands and him wanting to throw you into fire. Like, no. like actually, that's kind of a that's kind of psychopathic, really. If you think about it, like, hey, you're just this weasel looking insect bug that he wants to crush you. 
<laughs> and even though, you know, God met us where we are and actually allowed us to see a physical form, Jesus, mm-hmm. I mean, a human, I don't know what human would actually be crucified on a cross and say, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Right. You know, it's it goes back to his ways are just Wait, you so didn't far. Say, you, so Jesus wasn't on the cross sitting there going like, Dad, look what they're doing to me. Crush them. Send the legion of angels down to annihilate all the people. We're not going to flood them. We're just going to kill them with fire. Got you again. (laughs) Trapped you again. Yeah, gotcha. (laughs) Ha-ha, you put me on the cross so I could kill you. (laughs) Ha-ha. You are just to receive this penalty of death. (laughs) You know? And and I I think that that's where the deception comes in, right? Because the deception is... Real deception is laced with a portion of truth. Oh, yeah. Do we all deserve death? Yes. Have we all sinned and fallen short? Yes. Uh, However, with the blood of Christ, we are now accepted and have gained that kingdom identity of being called his sons and his daughters. Guess what you're not now? You're not a spider that he wants to flick in the flames. You're not some, you know person that he's just waiting with a cosmic fly swat to smash and crush and destroy, you know? Like, I get that image of someone sitting there going, God, my life's garbage, and telling God off, and then he's like, well, yeah, Lord, I told you off, so I guess you're worthy enough to crush me with lightning bolts because, you know, you don't want to put up with my mess. And it's like, dude, that's not a loving, merciful, gracious God. Like you said, he gave him 400 years to yeah, turn around. It's a long time. You know, he and he knew <laughs> what was going to happen, and how he was going to conduct himself. Like, we can't, we can't think of God as human as thinking, oh, well, I did something against God, so now he's going to do this against me. That's what people do, right? You go and you punch somebody, they're going to punch you back. You go and do things and transgress against God, God is almighty, eternal, and just. He's not like us, right? It, like, we try to even put ourselves in God's position try to say, well, if I was God, I would just crush all of mankind and do all this and that. And it's like, well, thank God you're not God, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, no kidding. That'd be way too much power and responsibility for a three-pound brain human to possess, and they would mess it up, and they would not have mercy nor love, right? Think about even the human side of it, of power and influence, right? When, pe- when, when human beings get power and influence... That is when they make the biggest mistakes. You, you you very rarely see somebody that has significant power or influence that is not corrupt, that is not influenced, that does not have an extreme agenda that is out to hurt people, right? Because they're fulfilling the things of the flesh. But then when you see people who are operating out of the Spirit, man, they are able to do great and extraordinary things towards other people that they shouldn't even do that towards. Yeah, It's like, why do you care? Well, the spirit inside of me. Why? Because now you're reflecting the image of what? Of Christ. You're reflecting that image. And that comes from the Father. So I think it is uh, probably of utmost importance to actually know who the Father is by the Word itself. Because that's really the only way you will know him is if you know what the Word says. I mean, it goes back to the Garden. Right. Eden, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, did, what did the serpent say? He said, did God really say that? Did he? Did he mm. really? How well do you know the like, Father? Like, could you have misunderstood him? Was he mumbling? <laughs> Was, is he the cosmic mumbler? And that's going to happen. So yeah. you actually need to know who the Father is. I mean, 
Why would you serve somebody you don't know? Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, it makes sense to me. <laughs> I mean, that just that just is very simple. Who's that guy? He's in charge. Okay, well, oh, let's okay. go. Yeah, we're following him. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Didn't have nothing better to do, so... Well, and this other preacher was talking about us being spiders in his hands and him throwing us into hell's flames. So I figured, eh, well, you know, I don't want to go to hell's flames, so better to follow him. <laughs> hey, I'm the non-bitey spider. <laughs> I'm still a creepy like With no spidey senses. Yeah, with no spidey senses. Just don't crush me, please. Okay. <laughs> how well do you know the Father? And I think that really reflects the uh, how much a person will humanize God. Yeah. Because if you don't know the the Father, you don't know the Lord. I mean, you've only got your own humanness to... Right. That's the only thing you have to be able to give, right? Is what you know. And you can't give what you don't know, right? And you can't assume that you even have an idea or comprehend it unless you've experienced it or encountered it or have that, that taste of it. It's like, dude... And this is why it's important for believers to be in the Word of God, right? And that way they're not going off of what another man says. They're going off of what they know through the Word and through the Spirit, right? Yeah. And their testimony. Yeah. I mean, how many of this Word is written because they met the Lord, they mm-hmm. knew who He was, and yep. they were sharing it. Yeah. And nobody could change their mind and humanize the deity of Christ, because they already knew. And it was the same for me when I got saved. When I got saved, I mean, I had humanized uh, a conception of God from what I gathered from Christians and stuff. And But when you meet him, when you actually know him, then you realize exactly what Isaiah says, and that, no, his ways are far above our ways. His, yeah. He doesn't think like we do. He doesn't do what we do. And I think that's important here, and um, I do want to read this out of Romans uh, chapter 12. So in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. This is this is huge, right? Because when you have this thought that God is like an earthly father, and it may be positive or negative, um, you're still undervaluing the wholeness and totality of who God is. And so when you sit there and you use worldly concepts and constructs to be like this is god this is this and it's like man you you've still missed it like there are certain things that when people would try to describe things in scripture of encountering god they're like i'm trying my best to use words and (laughs) words still do not give it justice you know what i mean like the encounter and the presence like even when we hear about like the mount of transfiguration and it just says well, and Jesus shone, and his and his garments were white as light. And it's like, but what did that light feel like? How did they experience it? How did it? How did it touch them? How did it taste? How did it encounter them? How did it change their life from that one point to the next? You know what I mean? Like, there's all encompassing facets, and we only get a two dimensional version of what it is because we're reading it in words. Yeah, and we see it, and we're like. 
And it's kind of like looking through that mirror dimly, right? Or having that veil on. But then when the Holy Spirit takes off the veil, then it's like, now you get to experience it. You're like, dude, that is something that I could not even express in words. Yeah. Right? When you hear God speaking to you, what did that feel like? Well, what did he say? Well, <laughs> what did it do in you? No, it, it really it didn't even matter what the words were, though those are important. But it was like, how? What was the totality of the experience in which you felt that you could encounter, that you could experience, and that you could convey to another human being? Yeah, I mean, even the simplicity of a simple example, like thunder. Yeah, you're say, describe this thunder to me, and you're like, uh, it was like noise. It was like a rumble. Um. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, but at the same time, you can't describe like the vibrations. Yeah. And like, like it shook your soul. The sense like of like it went through awe you. Yeah. And that you're like, you Whoa. felt like, oh yeah. gosh, I am so small right now. Yeah. What was that? You're like, <laughs> and how, how long did that sound radiate through the area? Like, you don't even know how to measure it. Like, how do you measure it? You know, thinking about watching lightning. Well, what about that lightning? What did it look like? Well, it always looks different. And yeah. well, well, how much how much energy was in that lightning? How much power was in it? <laughs> like, can you touch it? Can you taste it? Can you hold it? Right? Can you use your five senses on it? And it's like I only saw it with my eyes, but I kind of don't want to touch it because it's gonna annihilate me, right? But it was <laughs> like, so fast. Dude, it was I so don't fast. Know. I don't know. <laughs> No, You're it's like super awesome. <laughs> when you said how much power, the yeah. first thing I thought of, that's why I started laughing, was back to the future. Yeah. Doc, 1.21 gigawatts. I was 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> well, I guess he could measure it, but. <laughs> yeah. He needed a flex capacitor, bro. Like, no, don't worry about him. <laughs> but it's We're just, going back to the future. It's it's Let's not go. able. You can't describe it. Yeah. Um, That's like, out of the whole book of Revelation. This John tried. Yeah, he's trying to explain these things that he's seeing, and he's like, it's kind of like a wheel and a wheel and a wheel, and then, then there's and wings there's and eyeballs faces and, uh, and fire. And it's so amazing. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, and I'm sitting there going like, man, I want to see that. You know, I'm like, that is awesome. And when one person sees something or witnesses it, and we've talked about this before, like even in a car crash, it's like they get one aspect of it or they get something that they're familiar with. So... In the same way, Christians do that in their relationship with God. So they're like, hey, man, yeah, man, I've I've seen this and I've experienced this with God and I have this testimony and this is what God's like. And then you hear from other Christians and they're like, well, you know, God just up there with a fly swat wanted to crush you and defeat you and stomp you out. And it's like, well, what did you experience that led you to that? Because I've experienced something totally different and I met the real and they're like, oh, well, dude told me. Well, I'm sorry. I don't agree with your dude. Like, <laughs> like he can go back to the drawing board because that's not real. Right? Yeah. And he goes back to, well, through tradition, that's what they brought, a doctrine of traditions that brought in this religious kind of spirit, and that's what they have as their view and their outlook of what an eternal almighty God is. Yeah. And it's very limited. Very limited. Like, explain God. Well, he's the big guy who's in charge of everything. What? Well, then what do people say? Well, then when little children die, God must be in charge of that. Well, when disaster hits, God must have been in charge of that. Hey, when this terrible thing happened, God must have been there and, and authorized it. So then they have a negative view of God. Well, God did that, and God did this. 
but then anything that's good that happens, it must be out of the generosity of the humanity inside of an individual. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like the humanity in a hu- in another hu- the uh, the morals and values and ethics in a, inside of a person absent from the Holy Spirit is non-existent. Like <laughs> that's just crazy. That's bizarre to me. <laughs> it is absolutely bizarre. Yeah. But I I can side tell you rant. because I was there. <laughs> yeah, side rant. <laughs> and it it is something indescribable. Well, even for Christians, um, you think about their own. Their, their own testimonies, their own personal experiences. Like, uh, you'll say, Paul described the Lord, and he was like, well, he's a blinding light. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're like, uh, somebody else described him. He was like, oh, man, he's, he's, he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody else described yeah. him. Oh, he gave me this gift to do this. I mean, it's just multifaceted. Yeah. It takes the entire world to try to de- try to describe. Yeah. The totality of who God is. But that's what the whole Bible is, too. That's yeah. just like a uh, the mm-hmm. starter yeah. description, the basic instructions here, and like, yeah. you'll get the basics. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I tell people that, too. I'm like, listen, you, the, your whole Christian life should be based off of the Word of God, the Scriptures, 100%. Now, when you, when you are studying those Scriptures, you now have a Holy Spirit that is now teaching you, leading you, guiding you, and directing you on how to apply the scriptures to your life. Mm. So when when unbelievers come and they say, okay, so everything that your God is is possessed in that book. It's like, no, only a portion of what it is. This is an invitation letter to come and know him more, <laughs> right? And your life should be built on this, 100% on the word, right? It should be built on the word of God. And then the Holy Spirit takes this invitation letter and takes you into a, a, a deeper place of understanding where you yes. then get closer with God. And then the Holy Spirit starts to lead, guide, and direct you. I have no idea why the contemporary Christian model and leaders have have failed to really tell the individuals, you need to have a relationship. And they'll say it. They'll say, a personal relationship with God, a personal relationship with God. Until you do something that the Holy Spirit's telling you to do, then they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Hold up. Why? Well, the Holy Spirit didn't tell them that. Well, he's not going to. Why? Because he's all-powerful, almighty. He's going to direct one to go this way, and one to do this, and another one to have this, and another one to go over here. The f- whole point of it is obedience. And when we try to humanize God, we think, well, he's just going to have everybody on the same page, and everybody's going to do the same thing. And it, Nowhere in Scripture does it say that. It yeah. says there's a diversity of gifts. It says that the it's the same Spirit that gives all Right? So why? So that we can fulfill the call that we have on the earth. If all of us try to do the exact same thing and try to do the same pattern, we'll miss the majority of what God's trying to do on the earth. Yeah, well, if you're trying to humanize God, yeah, then, well, I mean, first of all, you're putting him in a box, right? Yeah, trying to make him just, hey, he's just a dude, right? <laughs> he's just a dude <laughs> yeah. over there. What up, homie? <laughs> you're, you're limiting the Lord, but you're also... It's kind of a, a like a, a prideful accession, like, I've got God figured out, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And even as a child of God, that's not something we should say, really. I mean, we know him in, in like, a deepness that we didn't before, I guess. Right. But at the same time, we don't even know him as we will. Right. What did Paul say? Something like, 
as now it's like a face mm-hmm. dimly lit mirror or something like that. Later we'll see clearly. Yeah. In relating that to something that is natural, and this is just in a human example, right? My daughter is seven years old, and it wasn't until probably a couple months ago that she even knew that I was in the Army. You know what I mean? So it was like, that was a part in my life that I spent, you know, almost 10 years of my life doing, and yet she is new to understanding what I've gone through in my past, yet that is a that was a part of me. But now she's growing and maturing, and she's starting to learn a little more, right? And she was talking to uh, my wife, Abby, her mom, and she was starting to tell her things from her past when she was a little girl. Well, she did not know that, right? And we're the same way with God in that, you know, we only know him and, and, and can experience him in, in to the degree that we have matured and grown in. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, when you first meet God, you're like, oh, okay, well, this is what it is. And then you go off of what other people have told you, what you've read about, what you've done like that. But then as you have that, you know, that, that father encounter experience, then you start to learn and develop and grow even more. Well, even Jesus told his disciples, I have many more things to say to you, yeah. but you cannot handle it now. Yep. Yeah. So there is a growth process, and that part's exciting to me. Yeah. I mean... It's an adventure. It really is, and it's exciting. It's exciting. I don't know why people make being a, a believer in the body of Christ is some dull and, you know, unadventurous like exploit yeah. i'm like dude it's like a this treasure is, hunt. this is this is powerful it's exciting it's the greatest adventure that you're living right now and you get to be led by the holy spirit which you have no idea what the holy spirit has for you tomorrow like you have no idea no idea like you could even sit there and be like hey man what's god going to do for you tomorrow and you'd be like i don't know well same thing i do every day no no not same thing you do every day it's a holy spirit got something new for you might be in the middle of you doing what you do every day <laughs> But it's going to be different. You know, I just had a funny uh, mental image come up in my mind because we're coming up on Easter, right? And how often we do this, like, you know, a parent will put out like this Easter egg hunt for a kid and the kid would be like so excited and like, oh, I love you, dad. Like, this is so fun. Mm -hmm. But then we relate it to real life and God has set out like this treasure hunt adventure for us of certain places and things and all this stuff because, you know, he can't give it to us all at once. Right. And yet we're like, why are you making me do this? I hate you. Oh, this is such torture. (laughs) I got to go find stuff. I got to ask, seek, and knock. Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) (laughs) I want it now. Microwave society. I want to drive through. Give me my food fast. (laughs) So why is that? Like, why as a kid you're like, you know. Yeah. A dad will hide eggs, and you love him for it. Yeah. But then our Holy Father hides treasure, and we we despise him for it. Cause I, honestly, I think we, because as we grow older, we lose that childlikeness and yes. the wonder and the adventure we and really the excitement, do. and we're like, no, I don't want any surprises. Like, I've been, I've been let down and hurt and crushed by the world. I'm jaded. I'm hardened. I just want ease and peace, you know, and the, uh, instant. And it, give it to me now. I want it here. I don't want to have to wait for it. I got too much going on. I'm so busy. And then it's like, bro, go back to childlikeness. Go back to the wonder. 
go back to the adventure and the excitement. Yeah. You know? And that's what he's calling us into. We just get trapped in the in the rat race of life. And it just bogs us down so much that we get so distracted that we miss the wonder of God. It is a wonder. It is amazement. It's awesome. And it's unfortunate that people project the pain and uh, the wickedness of humanity onto God. Yeah. Yeah, we need to we need to definitely uh, view God for who He is and not humanize Him and and see Him as the the eternal, almighty, powerful. He is the I am. He is the I am. I mean, and even in that man, you can't even fully describe it. He's like, who do I say that you are? I am. Man, that could. Maybe we should do a podcast on that. <laughs> Just a packet, but yeah, <laughs> it is. It is wild. But so, if you guys are listening to this. Uh, we pray that this episode has encouraged you and has uplifted you, and and really just just take a look and think about the ways that you view God. How do you view Him? Are you viewing Him through a man's lens that has been handed to you, that is viewed uh, contrary to actual Scripture, like, or are you viewing God through a scriptural lens that is accurate, that portrays God, and then you're starting to experience that through the Holy Spirit. Like, this isn't just something you read about. This is something that you should be experiencing. So, well, we love you guys. Have a phenomenal day. Thank you so much for joining in today's episode. If you would like to learn more about Caleb Perkins Ministries, please go to www.calebperkinsministries.com.